One of the things, uh, two things that I like about Joe being on vacation is one, uh, Joe works very hard for all of us here. He loves all of us very hard, and, and he needs a break and a vacation with his family, and, and we want to support him in that. But also, uh, if he's gone, that means I get to be up here. So um, I really like to encourage Joe to take as many vacations as possible. Um, <laughs> want to bring God's word uh, before you today. Uh, a little different than how I normally do it. We're going to be in some different texts, so there'll be a little flipping involved. Um, but it'll all be within the book of Colossians. And um, I, I want to tell you how I got the idea uh, for this sermon as a part of trying to always be a learner of God, uh, to always be a student, even when I'm done with formal schooling and all that, trying to always learn more about God and about his word. Uh, one of the things I do to help that is, is I watch better preachers. Um, I know, you can say, how is there a better preacher out there? I don't know. <laughs> uh, but they exist, I promise. Um, some of you believe me more readily than others. Uh, but, um, but a preacher I was listening to talked about, um, he was encouraging pastors at a conference And he talked about thankfulness and how when life is discouraging, when we are discouraged with our circumstances, um, whether that's our jobs, our friends, our family, um, that we need to be thankful. And one of the things he pointed out was that the Apostle Paul, in his writings, really had thankfulness be a major theme. And he encouraged the pastors and me through watching this video um, to go through all of Paul's writings and to see how many times Paul talked about being thankful. And I did that. So we're going to go through all 50 times. No, I'm just kidding. Um, But there's a lot. There's so much so to where some writers say that being thankful was a dominant theme in Paul's theology and in his writing. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at the book of Colossians. And there are five times where Paul talks about being thankful in the book of Colossians, and that's what we're going to look at this morning. So why don't you turn to Colossians, we'll start in chapter 1, and, um, and we're going to talk about being thankful because life, life is discouraging. Life can be very discouraging, things don't always go our way, people don't always act the way we want them to, there's disappointment, there's hard times, and so we can easily be discouraged. And so I want us to look at what Paul says about being thankful to help us be encouraged in our lives. So first, why don't you turn to Colossians chapter 1, verses 3 through 8. Colossians chapter 1, verses 3 to 8. And I'll, I'll, I'll just read that section right now. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all the saints. The faith and love that spring from the hope that is stored up for you in heaven and that you have already heard about in the word of truth, the gospel that has come to you. All over the world, this gospel is bearing fruit and growing just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and understood God's grace in all its truth. You learned it from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf, and who also told us of your love in the Spirit. 
Now, Paul begins, and we can obviously tell this is about thanking because it's one of the first words. Um, but one thing I want to point out that may seem somewhat obvious after I say it is that Paul starts by thanking God. Okay? And you'd be like, oh, duh, Jim. Of course we thank God. But, but what, I want us to po- what I want us to see here is that being a thankful person, being a grateful person, you have to be focused on the God who gives all good things. That all of our thanks primarily and ultimately go to God. And we're going to see with this first point that God is thanking, that he's thankful for fellow believers, but even with that, he begins by being thankful to God. And sometimes when we get discouraged and we're not thankful, it's because we're not focused on God and God is not at the center of our lives. And so the first thing I want us to see is that we need to be thanking God every day. And when does Paul thank? Look in verse 3 there. He says, we always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. So the assumption is that Paul is praying for them when he's thanking God. And so what we need to see is we need to be praying for one another. More than just when, when bad things happen. We need to be praying for each and every other person here that we know. And thanking God for them. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes I know that I'm a person that when people pray, they're not thanking God for. Okay? If we're honest with ourselves, we're all that. But I think that what's important is that we thank God for one another in our prayers. That a huge part of our prayer life is thanking God for the people he has put in our lives. So, how do we thank God for one another? How are we to be thankful for one another, according to Paul here? Look in verse 4 there. It says, because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus. Paul is thankful because the people he knows in the church in Colossae have faith in Christ. That they believe. I don't know. I've never really prayed to God about that, about someone else. And this is, this, so, this, so, so a lot of this is, is new to me even. But just that someone believes in Christ is something we should be thankful for. And that we should be thanking God that someone else has placed their faith in him. We also see, at the end of verse 4 there, and of the love you have for all the saints. We need to thank God that there are loving people in our church. And we need to thank God that they are loving. Excuse me. Verse 5. The faith and love that spring from the hope that is stored up for you in heaven and that you have already heard about in the word of truth, the gospel that has come to you. That we need to be thankful that other people respond correctly to the gospel. That when they hear God's word, when they hear the good news that Christ died for them, that they respond correctly. And that when they respond, 
Continue on in verse 6 there. All over the world, this gospel is bearing fruit and growing, just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and understood God's grace and all its truth. Paul is thankful that this faith and this love is bearing fruit and growing. Now, growing, growing is easy. That, that makes sense, okay, that, that these people's faith and love is growing. Are you thankful that God is working in the hearts and lives of the other people in this church that you know, that they are maturing in Christ? Are you praying to God, God, I am so thankful that you are making this person more mature in you? Are our prayers that much other-focused? Because I'll tell you, in, in my life, it's easy for me to thank God that he's maturing me. Okay? But are we thanking God that he is making other people more mature? It helps us focus on the other person and loving them more. And that they're bearing fruit, that, that they are going out and sharing the gospel with their lives and with their words. Are we thankful that other people have ministries to where they are spreading God's love? Do we thank God for people, for other people in that way? I know that there, there are some of you that, that pray that for me because when I mess up, you guys are very nice to me, okay? Every time I leave a mess in the kitchen and Marion doesn't yell at me <laughs> when I forget to clean up, I can tell that she prays for me. <laughs> thank you, Marion. <laughs> When I forget to clean out the fridge, I know Marion is praying for me. When I forget to lock the doors, I know Sam is praying for me. You guys get the point here. That through our prayers, and we thank God for one another, then, then later on, when I mess up, it's easier to show me grace. And it's easier for us to show one another grace. Because we've been in the practice of thanking God for one another. That we view that person in a positive light instead of being the person who always disagrees with us or does what we don't want them to do or whatever negative, negative thought you want to put in there. But when we thank God for one another, we realize that God has blessed us with them instead of cursing us with them. We will let each other down. We're all sinful. I'll, I'll take the first one in the line on that one. I will mess up. <laughs> I will say something foolish. I will do something that when I think back, I say, you know, really shouldn't have done that. You know, like I said two weeks ago, I'm still young and foolish, right, Ben? Um, but when we thank God for one another, then we can show grace all the much more. Let's keep on looking and seeing what else God, uh, Paul thanks God for. Look at verse 7 with me. Um, sorry, back up to verse 6, where it says, Just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and understood God's grace and all its truth. Paul is thankful that the Christians in Colossae are living consistently Christian lives. So, one, that means he knows what's going on in their lives. And two, he cares about what's going on in their lives. 
So he looks at it, sees it as good, and thanks God for it. Last, I want us to see that, uh, look at verse 8. And who also, talking about Epaphras, and who also told us of your love in the Spirit. The Colossian Christians were apparently living lives of love that was evident to someone who was not in their church, in this case, Epaphras. Are we thanking God that people's love is outwardly evident to the people around them? One quick, quick point with all of this. Um, what we've seen, and, and, and I'm going to keep coming back to this, that it's easier to show grace to one another when we're thankful for one another. But the other thing, as a part of that, I want to see that this, this attitude of humility and thankfulness fights against jealousy in the church. That when ministry A is doing well and ministry B is not doing well, when we thank God that ministry A is going well, the people in ministry B are not going to be jealous. Okay? When, when things don't always go as we plan, that jealousy, which, which creates division in a church, that is, it is fought, that when you find yourself being jealous of someone else or some other work that's being done, you need to start thanking God for them. That they are consistent, that they are showing love, that they are reaching out into the community. Because in that situation, you need to change. The, the, the group that is feeling jealous, it needs to change, not the other way around. And in doing this, and we're going to see this a little bit later, because some of these themes are going to come back again and again, but being thankful one another brings unity in a church. When you thank God for one another, you're not going to fight as much. You're not going to cause division, okay, because you're thanking God for that other person. Next, I want us to see that Paul is telling us to be thankful for God's grace. And you can stay in chapter 1, and this is verses 9 through 14. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you and asking God to fill you up with the knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And we pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience, and joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Now, I wanted to read that because the, the part about being thankful comes in the middle of a very large sentence. Um, and so what I want to say about verses uh, 9 to 11 is when we pray for one another, we need to see what the Bible says we should pray for. And verses like this, Verses like this help us pray better. (laughs) 
And so when you don't know what to pray, see what the Bible says about how you should pray for one another. Let me go. I want to focus the rest of the time on verses 12 through 14. Whose child is that? (laughs) Her father must have a very large mouth and full of a lot of things. Um, (laughs) uh, She was just hungry. Yep, she's my kid. All right. I want to focus, uh, for this point, I want to focus on verses 12 to 14. Um, Not because 9 through 11 are not important, um, but I just, I want to focus on 12 through 14, and I wanted to give us some context. Um, Again, notice, giving thanks to the Father. We need to give thanks to God. We need to be focused in our prayers on God. And I know that that may sound oversimplified, but I think it has deep ramifications for our prayer life that we pray to God, that God is the focus of our lives, that when we pray, it isn't all about us, okay? We need to be praying to God. We need to be praying about God. Okay, and how is, um, sorry, and joyfully giving thanks. Now, now some may hear this term, okay, I have to give thanks now. I have to give thanks because it's in the Bible but I'm not going to like it. (laughs) But it's in there, so I have to do it. We need to be joyfully giving thanks. And part of that comes through doing it every day. That as we cultivate an attitude of gratefulness, that every day it becomes more joyful. That it becomes a positive thing. Not saying, oh, I have to thank God for that person. God, why do you make me thank God for you? You know, I mean, it's... But, but that over time, it becomes a joy in our lives. And we give thanks with joy because God is the one who saves us. We are thankful for the grace that God has given us. Look how God is, is described in verse 12 there. Uh, as the Father, who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light? First thing I want to point out it is God is the one who is qualifying. God is the one who qualifies us to share in the inheritance, referring to heaven there, and the blessing that, that, that will come with being with God for eternity. Okay, so we're thanking God because God has worked in people's lives, that they did not deserve. God's grace, but God gives grace to those he chooses to. That God gives grace to those who accept the gift of grace. Next, we give thanks because not only are we qualified to share in the inheritance, to share in the eternal blessing of heaven, but because God has saved us from the dominion of darkness. Verse 13, for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness. So to achieve, to get the inheritance that we've been qualified for, we need to be rescued from the dominion of darkness. Now, what I want us to see here is that sometimes we can weaken sin. That, that sin is just a couple bad things that we've done, but you know, 
that guy's a lot worse, you know, and, eh. okay, it's the dominion of darkness, okay, that God has rescued us from an eternal separation with him. That he did not save us from the times that we've broken the speed limit and when we were younger or older and we stole cookies out of the cookie jar, you know, or when we told a little white lie or, you know, those little things. But he saved us from the dominion of darkness. And we need to remember that we were saved out of death. That God did not save us because, you know, he's not as bad as that other guy. Okay, but that he saved us from death, and we need to be eternally grateful for that. So we've been qualified to share an inheritance. We've been rescued from the dominion of darkness, and we've been brought into the kingdom of the son he loves. That God made a way through Christ, which is what we're going to see next, for us to be reunited. That when Christ died, we received Christ's righteousness, we received rescue from our sin, and we were brought to be in a kingdom. We were brought back into relationship with the Son and the Father. We need to be thankful because we didn't do it. God did it. And that, and that is an eternal source of being grateful to God. Verse 14, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. First thing I want us to see with that is in whom, referring to the Son, that this is through Christ. It is only through Christ. God's grace is only given to us through belief in Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross. And then Paul gives us an explanation that through Christ, we have redemption. We were bought back with a price, which is the forgiveness of sins. We need to remember God's grace every day. When we stop being thankful for God's grace, we cannot be thankful for other people. Because if we don't understand grace, then we cannot give grace. If we don't understand that we were bought with a price, then we cannot treat with humility other people. We cannot show them God's love unless we understand God's love to us. And so thankfulness, really at its source, is thankful to God for his salvation. Next, if you have your Bibles, let's turn to Colossians 2, verses 6 to 7. Colossians 2, verses 6 to 7. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him. Rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Excuse me. This, this passage, this short little passage, is talking about what does it mean to live like Jesus? What's it to live in him, to live like him? Because 
Christ not only saved us through his death on the cross, but he also showed us the pattern of how to live through his life. So we need to, to live like him because we have been saved by him. And notice, of all the things that Paul could have said, someone who is rooted and built up in Christ, who has been strengthened by Christ, is overflowing with thankfulness. Central to being a Christ follower is being thankful. Paul picks being thankful as one of the one of the more important characteristics that a true follower of Christ should have. Are you known as a thankful person? We all have reputations. Is is part of our reputation being thankful? Because according to the text here, if we claim to follow Jesus, then this needs to be an increasingly large part of our lives. Let's keep moving on. Uh, Turn to chapter 3, verses 15 to 17. And I want us to see that God wants us to be thankful in our worship. Chapter 3, verses 15 to 17. Word says this, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. First thing I want to say with these verses is that for Paul, there is a connection between peace and thankfulness. That when we are thankful people, when we are grateful to God for all that he has done, that that helps create peace. So when there are fights and conflicts, a large part of that, Paul seems to say, is that people are not thankful. People are not thankful for the other people that God has put in their lives or the circumstances into which God has put them. So when we are in conflict, because conflict will happen, we need to say to ourselves, am I being a thankful person? Am I grateful to God for all that he has done, to, done for me? Next, it says, and be thankful. Now, if you look at that, that's sort of an interesting word because the idea might more precisely be to become thankful. Okay? Uh, Just trust me on this one. We won't go into the grammar of it. Um, But why I think this is encouraging is that Paul is telling us to start a lifelong journey of being a a thankful person. That as we grow in our maturity, as we grow in our knowledge of Christ, that we also grow in our thankfulness to God. 
and that it is a process of every day saying, I am going to be thankful. And as we do that, as every day we say, I'm going to be thankful, that we become more and more thankful. And in that way, we become more and more like Christ. So the encouraging thing is that Paul knows this is not just, okay, today I'm going to be thankful. Nailed it. Okay, but that it's a lifelong process that begins with each step every day. Next, I want us to see that being thankful's proper response is worship to God. Right after he says, be thankful, he talks about public worship. Okay? Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another. Okay, so there's the teaching aspect. We do that on Sunday mornings. And then there's the singing aspect as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your heart. It sounds a lot like church. Sounds a lot like Sunday morning. And so when we're thankful to God for what he has done, when we are thankful people, we will, out of that thankfulness, worship God. And the first way is through what we do here together on Sunday mornings, that we open God's word, that we learn from God's word, and that we sing praises to God. That is the proper response to being thankful. But it's not just worship in that way. Look at verse 17. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So part of giving thanks is is worshiping like we are right now, in hearing the word and in singing praises to God, but it's also expressed in worship through all that we do. Whatever you do, whether in word or deed. So, so the worship that we do as a corporate body on Sunday mornings and the worship that we do every day through how we live our lives is connected to being thankful to God. So, so our worship, it's, we don't come here just to hear a speaker and sing cool songs and you know, I know the drummer is really good, but that's not it. We come here because we are thankful. And, and the two greatest ways we can express being thankful to God is, is worshiping him as a body, but also worshiping him with our lives. Lastly, turn to um, chapter 4, verse 2. Chapter 4, verse 2. This is the last time uh, that being thankful is mentioned in the book of Colossians. Um, Short and sweet, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Okay, at the end, Paul talks about prayer, and again, we see, um, maybe this is another good study. If you want to see what Paul has to say about prayer in the book of Colossians, he has a lot to say. Um... This is another great section, but I want to see what it says about being thankful. Here's what I want to say. Our communication with God, prayer, must be characterized by thankfulness. That when we talk to God, we must have thankful hearts. Notice that three out of the five verses we've looked at, three out of the five uh, different groups we've looked at, 
in some sense, prayer and thanks and being thankful are connected. And so when we pray, and what's nice is that that's the assumption that we are praying, so maybe we need to start. Um, but then when we are praying, that, that it begins and ends with thankfulness. That we continue in thankfulness in our prayer. That our prayers are more than just, hey God, here's what I need. Here's my shopping list. It's more than that. That's part of it, and that's a good part, and we need to do that. That's why we do it every week. But at the base of our prayers, at the source of our prayers, is thankfulness to God. Let me close by making a couple quick application points. First of all, this is an everyday decision. To be a thankful person, to be a person characterized by gratitude, and gratefulness to God is something we have to decide every day. Because every day, or at least it seems this way, every day, there's something going on. There's something hard. You know, whether it's conflict with family members or conflict at work or whatever. It's easy to get discouraged because it's a lot easier to get in a pattern of ungratefulness and cynicism and complaining and all that. And that sort of builds on itself. But every day we have to decide, no, I'm going to be grateful. In the midst of all things, whether good or bad, I am going to be thankful to God. Now, one thing I'd like us to do, because I think if you hear... One thing from this message, um, it, it really struck me just how much Paul prayed for other people and how much Paul was thankful for other people in his prayers. And so I want to challenge you, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to challenge myself with this, but to pick someone and to commit to pray to God for them and to thank God for them. Someone specific. So more than, I thank God for everybody in church, okay? But I want you to pick something, and, and maybe pick someone that you've actually complained to God about. Um, that, might be, that might be a good, a good start. Be, because I think that when we pray for one another, when we bring other people up to God, and we say, God, I thank you for this person, that when we do life with that person, we are better able to express God's love and grace to that person. And in doing that, when we pray for one another, we build unity. We build peace. So, so I want to challenge you to, to write down someone somewhere. doesn't have to be in the bulletin. Um, doesn't have to be on a billboard out on 29, um, but that you would begin praying for at least one person in particular. And maybe even sometime during this week, go up to someone and say, you know what, I am really grateful that God has put you in my life. Now, if you want to do that with, with a note, a Facebook message, 
calling them on the phone, whatever. But I think that doing things like this helps us get into a pattern of how we act. And again, this is an everyday thing that we have to choose every day. I'm going to be thankful. I'm going to be grateful to God for all that he has given to me. Now, I was warned that there was family church this week, and so kids who wouldn't normally be in here, I want to ask this question. Kids, do you need to thank your parents for all that they've done for you? Do you need to thank a teacher for what they've done? The the adults in your lives make a lot of sacrifices for you. And I want to challenge to begin now that you guys are younger to begin being thankful people. Because this isn't just something that adults can do. This is something that everyone can do. So I want to challenge you kids with that. Uh, Lastly, um, I'd also ask everyone to write down one thing that they want to thank God for. I really want us to thank God for a person, but also just thank God that you've given me a job or that I have a house, things that we take for granted. And I want us to be more intentional about how we thank God and how grateful we are to him. Lastly, ultimately, All of our thanksgiving, all of our thankfulness, all of our gratitude starts with God's grace. That when we were dead in our sin, God sent his son, Jesus, to die on a cross so that we could be reunited with him for eternity. And until we understand that grace, until we understand that amazing love, we cannot be thankful people. And that every day we remember what God has done for us, even when we didn't deserve it. Let's pray.